This podcast is brought to you by Sarah Taylor, the author of a new book entitled Filter Shift, How Effective People See the World. Please join Sarah and Greg as they discuss her new book on podcast number 627. In the interview, they explore how each and every one of us has created filters and how these filters shape the way we see the world and how we interact with others. The effects of our unconscious behaviors can create tremendous challenges in our lives at work and at home. Learn how to retain your brain and become aware of your own biases and differences to allow for improved effectiveness. Please take a moment to listen to podcast number 627 with author Sarah Taylor about her new book, Filter Shift, How Effective People See the World. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all of my listeners, Dave, who come back again and again and again and have been listening to these podcasts uh, for years. Last time I interviewed uh, David Rico was uh, back in podcast 403. Um, that's been a, a little bit ago. We're up to 640. So go back and look at the interview with David in a prior book that we did, Coming Home to Who You Are. Today, we're going to be speaking with David about his new book called The Five Longings, What We've Always Wanted and Already Have, A Guide to Love, Meaning, Freedom, Happiness, and Growth. Good day to you, David. How are you doing? Hi, Greg, and thanks for inviting me. Well, it's a pleasure having you back on the show again. Uh, always love having you. You've always got a, a great perspective uh, about things, and you've written, I think, 23 other books besides this one. So for my listeners, go check out uh, David. His website is Dave, D-A-V-E-R-I-C-H-O.com. There you can look at his books, his MP3 sets, his free articles, um, everything that Dave is basically done over the years and years and years he's been um, doing this. So Dave, this book is about five longings, and you state that longings can be defined as strong and lasting yearnings for that which is ultimately not fully attainable in any final way you say in the book. Why in your estimation... Will we always be longing without fulfillment of these five longings, which are love, meaning, freedom, happiness, and growth? We experience some fulfillment of our longings, enough to keep us interested and to keep us wanting to come back for more. It's just that I see a distinction between a longing and a desire. And maybe that would help us understand your question. A desire is for something attainable. And a longing, according to the dictionary, is a desire for something that's never fully and finally attainable. So let's use a simple example. You can have a desire for a bicycle. You buy this bicycle and now you fully and finally have it. But when it comes to the yearning for love, you will receive love, you will enjoy it, but you will always want more. So you will want to be, if you're loved on Monday, you will want to be loved again on Tuesday. Whereas with the bicycle, you have it. You don't want 
another one because the desire has been fulfilled. With a longing, it's a life long, and then that's why it has the word longing because it's so long. These are lifelong yearnings that don't get fully taken care of. We keep looking for deeper experiences of love, freedom, and of the, uh, the five that I've mentioned. Oh, that's a great distinction between desire and longing, obviously. And I think it's an important one to determine. I like your analogy about the bicycle, although I'm going to make a little joke here. I'm an avid cyclist, so there probably isn't a bicycle that I don't see that I probably don't want another one of. <laughs> so I do get that that uh, the five <clears throat> uh, attributes, or I should say the five longings that you're discussing in the book are ones that are longings. And you know, you mentioned that there are three main attributes of a longing that are that they're indefinable, enduring, and more. So what is this conundrum about these three attributes that you discuss in the book? You mean uh, they're being unattainable? Mm-hmm. Well, that was a way of understanding the difference between the desire and the desires and the longings. Okay, okay. So what? let's talk about then, if we could, these, uh, the five longings that you identify and you start with love and you talked about it already as the difference between the desire and the longing. Why do we as a human species in your estimation long for love, relationships, connections, belongings, companionship, support, trustworthiness, and intimacy? And what are, as you explain in the book, there's four types of love because let's face it out of these five, probably this is one of the bigger ones. They all have significant meaning in our life, but uh, love is definitely a big one. I would say uh, I listed love first because I would say that's the very first longing and the deepest and the one that uh, is certainly um, complex. Because for one thing, it's hard to describe, that was one of the characteristics of longings, that they're basically indescribable. It's hard to define or describe exactly what you mean by feeling loved. Now, I have said you feel loved when you're receiving the fulfillment of the what I call the five A's which are the five original needs that we came into the world with and that we looked for fulfillment of from our parents. The need for their attentiveness toward us and toward our feelings. The need that they accept us as we are rather than try to make us into what they want us to be. The need to be valued, that's appreciation. The need to be held with affection in a physical way, that's touch. And finally, when we were ready to move on in our life, that they would fully allow us to do so. 
so we could say that the longing for love is the longing for attention, acceptance, appreciation, affection, and allowing. However, love is a signature experience. So each individual will feel it in a different way. I mean, there's a really good book out called The Five Languages of Love. I would say there are a thousand languages of love. And um, we know when it's happening. We know when we're loved. But we can't quite describe it in words. So it's ineffable, shall we say. Mm -hmm. And all these longings are in that same category. So, for instance, happiness. How would you ever truly define it? One person's happy being alone reading a book. The other person's happy being at a party introvert, extrovert. So um, so we have these yearnings in us and they deepen us as people and they identify us. They show us who we are uniquely that would be different from all the other people. So just as we have different fingerprints, we also have different ways of feeling loved and even of showing love. And that would apply to all five of the longings. Like your sense of one of the longings is for the freedom to be yourself. That's certainly unique because the freedom to be yourself for one person could be I have free speech. I can say what I want to say. For another person, it might be um, I want to um, be free to do things that other people might consider unconventional, whereas another person isn't looking for that at all. Freedom for him or her is uh, the freedom to think as I please and to have a far-reaching imagination. So... Um, the longings are also deeply personal. Well, and and as you said, I think it depends on the perspective of which you're approaching this. And you mentioned happiness in there, and you do state that we do reach our happiness when we stop blaming others for the shape our life has taken. Um, When we accept this, do you believe that we are free and happy is this one of the main things stop blaming other people for what's going on in our life i think it makes us um more responsible and it allows us to get on with life and if that's what's meant by happiness for someone then it's certainly fosters that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that since the since every human seems to be endowed with an inclination to go on a journey. And so there that's the archetype of the heroic journey. And as Joseph Campbell pointed out, we see this as a story in all cultures at all times. 
So it seems like that's the central human archetype, that we want to go. We are not made to sit in the house where we were born for the rest of our life. There's something in us that wants to go out into the world and find our own place there. So that means that going on, that moving ahead, that evolving, progressing, is the way that we would fulfill ourselves as humans. And when you stop blaming others, you make a move in that direction. Because now I have to get on with my own life, no longer tying myself down, no longer interrupting my journey, no longer being stuck in blaming somebody for the shape my life is in, which is the, by the way, which would be the equivalent of making ourselves still victims. Yes. And obviously reaching a point where we can let go of that uh, does actually provide much more happiness. I speak from personal experience. Um, any of the things that you're trying to blame other people for doing them to you, no one else is responsible for your happiness except you. I always tell that to people and mm -hmm. you're the one that is responsible for it. Now you, you mentioned in the book and one of your other longings is meaning and a sense of purpose in life. And you also mentioned that our longings include ambivalence. Um, what is it that we draw near to us, then run away from with our longing for purpose in our lives? I thought this was, this was interesting because people are seeking meaning and purpose in their life. And it is one of the things that elevates consciousness with inside of an individual when they actually start to seek this. But yet there's this game that we play between running toward and running away from. Um, what, what are those fears when we start to go seek out that purpose? I think the first uh, reason that we would fear fulfilling a life purpose is that then we would come into our full power. I think we um, have a fear of that. Uh, there's a poem by Emily Dickinson which she talks about <clears throat> how we limit ourselves, how we warp our growth. And the last lines of the poem are, uh, did not our cubits warp for fear to be a king? In other words, we, we limit ourselves we fear coming into our full human self-activation because then we would have our full power and we'd be fully responsible and we would be challenged much more to show the power that we have in ourselves. Now, I don't mean power over others. I mean power for others power that's oriented towards service, the kind of power that Mother Teresa would have or Dalai Lama. So the search for meaning, which is the book I was reading while I was writing this book, 
by Viktor Frankl. And that's why I chose meaning as one of the five longings, because he states so clearly that the the need for a meaningful life is as strong and as important as the need for happiness and growth and love and so forth. So you yeah. were making the connection between meaning and happiness, and I certainly agree with that. In fact, I show in the book that all five of these work together. So you can't have one without the other, other four. So if you have happiness, that would also mean that you have love, meaning, freedom, growth. Like they all, they they work uh, in concert with each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can see that. I mean, it's there's quite a tapestry in the connection between love, meaning, freedom, happiness, growth. Um, you can certainly see it, and you can see the interconnectivity of all of these. Now, we talked a little bit about freedom, but you state that we long for freedom to be who we really are in thought, word, and deed. Yet in our attitudes, our choices, our lifestyles, we notice many ways in which this is not happening. So again, the, the I don't know, the yin and yang of that. Can you give the listeners examples of how we are acting, how we might be acting, that's contrary to longing for happiness and what PX or prescription you would give for that? Because... You know, while people say, hey, I long for, I should say long for freedom, uh, we're acting in ways which are not freedom. You know, one of the examples I could think of was, you know, you, you want to be financially free, yet you go take a credit card and you charge it up and you buy all these things you don't need with money that you don't have. So now you got big bills to pay. Uh, to me, that's a bit contradictory. Mm-hmm. I agree. And what, uh, what other things in your mind do you see or have you seen through uh, clients or observation of things that people are doing um, that are that are not bringing them freedom yet they're longing we're longing for freedom well let's take the three possibilities which is thought word indeed maybe that's the easiest way to talk about it so first mm-hmm. of all, I'm, when I say the longing for freedom, I don't mean only civil freedom, which is, you know, freedom within the society. Mm-hmm. I'm referring to the freedom to be yourself. So if you're a fully uh, conventional person and you really choose to be that, you don't want to live on the margin. You want to have a very centered, conventional life within the society, then that's the fulfillment of your freedom. Whereas somebody else might want to live on the margins, be different from what society expects as conventional, and that would be freedom for that person. But freedom of thought word and deed. So freedom of thought is the is the permission to have as widespread an imagination as you could possibly have. 
You know, when I think back uh, to my religious upbringing, and I realize how how it was um, oriented toward inhibiting us, uh, especially in the sexual realm, I have actually realized that that was not as bad as the other limitation, which was on our imagination. Because they were telling us, this is what you have to believe. Here's the creed with the list of all the beliefs. And you can't go beyond them. Or another way of saying it is, you can't let yourself listen to the Holy Spirit that blows where it will. So the the abridging of my imagination, I lament that a lot more than all the other prohibitions that they were putting on me. So freedom of thought is, I, I state as letting your imagination go where where it wants. And, and this is the origin of poetry. Then word is freedom to be assertive, to speak up, to say what you want, to call a spade a spade, to blow the whistle, to tell what you're feeling, what we call assertiveness. And then regarding deeds, it's the permission to do what you want to do as long as it's not harming others or um, interfering with the order of society. And uh, that would mean dress the way you want to dress, act the way you want to act. I don't let it all hang out. I would think that definitely people in society today are experiencing uh, maybe given our current conditions, uh, a little bit less lack of freedom than they'd like to have. I would like to think that we have all those freedoms, but um, as we see this society evolving the direction that it's moving in, um, I'm beginning to see less and less of those. And I think that it is time for people to speak up. It's time for people to um, basically take those freedoms that we have about the choices that they can uh, convey and let uh, people that are attempting to control our lives know about that. So um, it's not that we still don't live in a really wonderful place, and this is a personal commentary by Greg Voison, uh, but it is time that uh, our elected representatives hear from us. So let's just take a second on this last one, and you mentioned it earlier, it's this longing for growth. You mentioned that when we grow in self-esteem, we take responsibility for our own feelings and behaviors. And you talk about three trigger points that you discuss in the book. Um, briefly, what are those three trigger points and uh, why did you choose growth as one of these five longings? Because longing themselves are based on the evolutionary nature of the entire universe and of the human psyche. There's an inclination in us to continue evolving. So right now I'm looking out the window at an oak tree and I realize like a longing, it is not complete and final. 
is growing in every moment, and it is adjusting itself to the changing environment. In other words, it's evolving to be better and better equipped to be what it is on the planet. And each of us is doing that same thing. We are continually adjusting ourselves and asserting ourselves to be who we are in the world and to grow so that we self-actualize before the end of our life. And so the longing for growth is directly connected to our evolutionary impulse. Impulse toward what? Impulse toward being who we fully are. And who we can fully become. I think that that desire to reach the highest human potential by almost everybody is out there. Um, The question is the uh, right in between our two ears is what impedes us most of the time. And for my listeners, uh, we have been on uh, the line here today with this podcast uh, with David Rico. Uh, The book is called The Five Longings, What We've Always Wanted and Already Have. It's a guide to love, meaning, freedom, happiness, and growth. You obviously can pick this up at your best booksellers. Uh, This is a Shambhala book. Um, And Dave, it's always a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth. Uh, imparting some of your knowledge and wisdom with our listeners um, always has a, a great opportunity for people to learn a little bit more, explore and ask some deep questions. Um, and at the end of your book, you state two really big, deep questions. And, and is there a God and why is there evil? And I think that uh, those if we leave with that and let our listeners know that the five longings answers many of their questions about these longings, um, and how to actually uh, integrate them in your in your life, uh, work on them, and continue to work toward them. Um, thank you so much for being on, Dave. It's a pleasure. Uh, any last words that you have for the listeners? Pay close attention to your longings and let it be okay to have them no matter what they are. And I'd like to say thank you to you, Greg, for the really helpful questions. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate having you on Inside Personal Growth. Have a beautiful day, David. 